Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the latest Cinematic Universe live minisode recording podcast edition. Um, this is the first one of these where I've had to do any kind of editing before just putting it out on the feed uh, because at the start of the recording, just as we went live on YouTube, uh, we were immediately getting comments saying that there were uh, issues with my audio, my, my headset mic was much quieter than James was coming through, uh, there was a lot of me shuffling around, switching between microphones, trying to get a good sound, uh, and it just none of it would really work in an audio context, so we've cut it off the beginning. So uh, what you'll have missed out would have been a, a bit of technical support chat between me and James James, uh, whatever the original introduction to it was, and uh, a little bit with James talking about how much he was enjoying Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk comic, uh, because I basically asked him to fill time while I went looking for another microphone. Um, I'm also not sure if the quality of the microphone that I did end up recording with is brilliant. Again, it probably sounds okay when you're watching it on a video version, but on audio only, um, the sound of it or the noise might come off as a bit annoying. So if you start listening to this and you find that it's a bit unlistenable, um, I won't be offended if you turn it off. And and apologies but you can always go and watch the video version of it on youtube and it was quite a fun chat actually i think we had a we had a really good time doing this one and, and taking questions from the audience and, and having a good old chat about things so hopefully it's an enjoyable listen um give it a go and see what you think right okay so hello we are yes we're finally going to talk about some stuff that isn't um technical issues or or Al Ewing Hulk comics that james is finally enjoying about three years after everyone told him that it was any good so <laughs> Uh, let's start off because there is one bit of kind of well, okay. So there was one bit of actual news, which was the the sad passing away of of Joel Schumacher, um, and uh, which you know I think felt slightly unfortunately timed for us because our most recent episode was us laying into Batman <laughs> and Robin. In fairness, um, it would have been a lot more unfortunately timed if it died about two weeks earlier. Well, I, I was going to say it would be a lot more unfortunately timed if it had been Akiva Goldsman who died, because I think he's the one who we really laid into more than than Joel Schumacher. Um, but what was quite um, surprising slash weird around about the same time as that news coming out was this story breaking um, about Michael Keaton and the fact that Michael Keaton um, might be playing Bruce Wayne in the DCEU in The Flash. Um, which is just a little bit mind-boggling, really. Um, what was your reaction to that, James? What was my reaction to it? Um, it's a fun idea. <laughs> I mean, it seems a bit sort of stunt casting, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. Is it sort of, are they doing some kind of alternate universe thing? And is he actually, like, 
Bruce Wayne from those films? I would kind of imagine not. And it's just more, he is going to be a Bruce Wayne and potentially an alternate Bruce Wayne. Yeah, um, my sort of feeling is those Burton movies aren't really compatible with the DC extended universe <laughs> as it stands. No. So. <laughs> not even really as an alternate universe of it. You can do it, you can do what they did in Crisis and kind of have a nod to it. I don't know if you've seen the, the you know, there, there was a, there was a scene in crisis with where one of the earths had Alexander Knox on it. And mm. that was sort of, that was, you know, the, the Burton verse. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't think you can really kind of shoehorn that version of Batman <laughs> into that universe in a, in a way that really works or makes sense. No. Although you? it would be, it would be fun to see Keaton's take on the Affleck Batman. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, is, is he actually going to be supposed to be playing the athlete? Is it like, is well, it, he's, lo- he's lost a load of weight and some hair and like... I don't know. That's... I mean, the thing about the DC movies is that they don't seem too worried about having inter-movie continuity and they're doing what they seem to be doing is a bit more like, does it work for this movie? Like, here are those characters. Don't worry yeah. too much about where they've come from or where they're going, which is totally opposite to Marvel, but also a totally valid way of approaching it. Hmm. Um, yeah yeah and the thing the thing i think i would like about keaton's version is that like the affleck bruce wayne reminded me more of keaton's version than anyone else's Mm. like it had that kind of dry humor that the dry humor the the kind of the weird loner but with a bit of a yeah yeah bit of of kind of i mean yeah i think probably in in justice league probably some of the better stuff was uh, Affleck as Bruce Wayne rather than Affleck as Batman, and and, and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that 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 interaction with the Flash, you can see why they'd be putting Bruce Wayne in a Flash movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's completely ripped from. I mean, let's look. look I'm not going to be one of those people who's like DC and nicking all their good ideas from the MCU, <laughs> but it is looking at the Tony Stark Peter Parker dynamic and doing something similar. Uh, I mean, a comment here saying, you know, uh, the speculation I've seen suggests he'll be playing a mentor training a younger hero like Batman, Batman Beyond. So it's not like <laughs> like Spider Man Homecoming. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's not like the MCU <laughs> was the first to do it, but um, yeah, but it's whether playing a mentor training a younger hero does that mean that the flash is who he's a mentor to or that he happens to be training a younger batman and also just happens to be involved in the flash's story somehow but i mean um, the flash was set up in justice league as being basically a neophyte who had never done mm. superheroing so it's not that much of a stretch to imagine that it's him right mm. and i would like that i think because like that version of the flash was really good fun and one of the better things about justice league mm. so yeah, there's a comment here from John saying Keaton would make a good Thomas Wayne, which there have been rumours, because obviously the Flash movie was originally supposed to be Flashpoint, although I gather it's now not, although there <laughs> clearly is going to be something going on with timelines and alternate versions. Um, yeah, I would kind of agree Michael Keaton could make a good Thomas Wayne. I just, I really don't like Flashpoint Batman Thomas Wayne. I don't like the story beat of let's have a version of Thomas Wayne who's a baddie. Like, I just, I just... I don't really like it. I think it's unimaginative. Um, and also, I just, I'd just, i more just want to see Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne because Michael Keaton was a great Bruce Wayne and one who yeah, I think absolutely. we appreciate more and more as time goes on. And then you appreciate <laughs> things like, uh, you know, just how good he was in, in Spider-Man Homecoming. And, you know, it's, yeah, I just want to see him. Michael Keaton is someone I'd be very happy to see turn up doing whatever in the DCEU. But, um, 
yeah, as as a version of Batman, there is a bit of a there is a bit of a kind of fanboy thrill about that. Definitely, I was going to say, I think it it would be a mistake to have him in a DC movie playing a version of Batman and not have him be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I like, think so. Just, I don't think they would. I don't think they would sail that close to it and then not do it. Mm. I mean, I was going to say, I, I guess, you know, could that be confusing to your casual audience? But then it could be a nice bait and switch for your casual audience because you see Michael Keaton, you go, oh, that's Bruce Wayne. And then the yeah, twist yeah. is, no, my name's Thomas Wayne. You know, again, not entirely <laughs> dissimilar to a bait and switch that we had with Michael Keaton in another superhero. I think film, the problem but... the problem with doing it that way is you would have to set up very early on that Thomas Wayne was Batman's father because it's not. Yeah. It's not common enough knowledge. And as soon as oh, yeah, you start all... going like, hey, let me tell you about your father, Thomas Wayne, you'll be like, okay, I get it. All you've got to do, happening. James, there's, there's this moment in comics and, uh, you know, it hasn't been seen very often and it hasn't been done on screen very often. But all you've got to do is just show this guy, Thomas Wayne, going down an alley and a mugger and some pearls crash into the ground. That's all you've got to do. And, you know, it's never been done before. So, you know, I think I think they could get away with, with doing it again. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Michael Keaton. After I forget, Michael Keaton's going to be in Morbius. Is in um, Morbius? I forget Morbius exists. I was going to say. <laughs> I think we can safely ignore that one, right? <laughs> uh, we've had a comment from an anonymous commenter saying, uh, <laughs> "Why do you not agree with the amazing and extremely handsome Amon woman, who's obviously right when he says Kevin Conroy is the best Batman?" Kevin Conroy uh, has not yet played Batman on screen. <laughs> uh, he has played Bruce Wayne in the in the Arrowverse Crisis, though. <laughs> Uh, which again, which which Jack pointed out. Um, I think that no, I, I think there is there is definitely solid grounds to call Kevin Conroy the best performance of Batman that has been on screen. Um, but then I'm someone who doesn't think that there's really been a definitive screen Batman, probably aside from Kevin Conroy's voice. So uh, I think I think he probably is the best screen Batman, but I don't think he's the best screen Bruce Wayne. I think Michael Keaton is the best screen Bruce Wayne. I am tempted to say that Adam West is the definitive Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Pure West. Right. Um, I, no, I, I think he I think he is definitive of a, of a particular type, but I think he's definitely my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that movie. Why haven't we done it yet? Uh, we haven't done it for I, ages because Joe was. So I was going to say I can tell you yeah. why we didn't do it, and it is because Joe didn't want to do it because it was my suggestion for the hundredth episode. Uh, I thought that'd be a really good fun one. Yeah, to do. I supported you in that. Yeah, yeah and Joe was. This is a, this is a peek behind the curtain. Joe was really resistant to the idea of doing it as the hundredth one, and we were like, yeah, because he was like he didn't think he'd really enjoy it, and we were like, yeah, but you know, it'd still be a lot of fun. And it wasn't until we actually did the episode and like literally just before it that he told us that he was leaving the podcast full time. Uh, and so then, then it made sense. It was like, okay, that's why you don't want a film that you think you're not going to like to be your last one. But if it was just yeah. the hundredth and Joe wasn't leaving, I think we could have won that fight. Uh, yes, we'll we'll look to do Batman sixty six this year. I think I think we'll need it. So uh, we will definitely look <laughs> at doing that. Um, In these strange and uncertain times, Seb. <laughs> um, the Keaton news does actually bring us on to, and this that discussion of the podcast brings us on to a couple of questions that we've had that both kind of relate to this news. So I'll, I'll do the first one, which is about the podcast first, which is from uh, Stephen, uh, who says, "With the Keaton news to discuss, uh, do you ever do you ever consider recovering Batman eighty nine or any of the other under an hour episodes from the early days?" Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I find myself. At times, there are some films like that. Definitely Batman 89, definitely Raimi Spider-Man, 
where I feel like I want to rewatch them and talk about them again. I think that's partly why we did the commentary things. There's a part of me that's thinking, if I can persuade you back on for another live commentary, James, let's do Rainy Spider-Man. Because I just <laughs> found myself really wanting to rewatch that and talk about it. Because, yeah, in those early days, we weren't as self-indulgent as we are now. And we, like, you know, our, our Daredevil episode is, like, 56 minutes long with a news section. It's, like, it's ridiculously short. Um and I, I I think there's possibly justification for going back and doing some revisiting in ways. I don't think we'd ever just go back and do a full episode. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't um, think we could do that. I think you're right. A live commentary, live viewing. A, a live commentary or, yeah. you know, like a Patreon bonus episode where we went back and like, you know, if we if we said, oh, let's, you know, this week or this month for Patreon, we're going to rewatch this and we're going to sort of, talk for about 20 minutes on an episode about stuff that we didn't talk about at the time or stuff that's occurred to us since that mm-hmm. might if, 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 if people want to hear that and hey if you want to hear it let us know um that might be something that we could do but yeah mm-hmm. i don't think we'd ever think oh this is our do-over for one of those you know there, there are episodes where i look back and i'm like i wish we were doing those now in kind of the format that we do now going into a bit more depth i think you know we're used to talking about these films more some of them would be interesting to do with joe from a perspective of joe knowing more about the comics than he used to um you know but because of the way we did the chronological sequence thing you know we did some of the really major important films early on we did (laughs) batman 89 we did superman 78 we did spider-man 2002 really early in the run uh we also got things like x-men origins wolverine out of the way without having to devote too much <laughs> time and brain space to them so you know swings and roundabouts but um yeah so i yeah. think you know we, we 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 might do a bit of reappraisal but um yeah and, and a good suggestion from a neil episode, actually yeah. like doing like a bonus episode looking at a set of films so for example yeah talking about all three raimi films in one mini episode would be interesting because by nature, we would have tended to talk about those films individually rather than as part of the series. So yeah. we could do one on the whole X Men series. Um, we have we have finished the X Men series now, haven't we? I mean, we new, new Mutant is coming out. That doesn't count. It's also it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I still I still refuse to believe that film is ever yeah. going to be released. Yeah. It's not. It's not coming out, James. I don't think it's coming out either. But <laughs> technically, we're waiting for that, and then we've done everything. <laughs> Um, I have another question to read from Twitter, and then when we finished answering that, um, I, you know, we've had some comments from YouTube that are comments on what we've been talking about and on my technical issues. Uh, but if you have any other stuff you want to ask us about, get it in the queue now because hopefully it'll be there for when we finish talking about some of the other questions that we've had. Actually, no, sorry, I've got two more, not one more. Uh, but uh, Jason asks, uh, with the DCEU becoming ever more complicated as to what is or isn't canon, is it now more like comics than the MCU is? Um, I, I mean, I suppose in a way, <laughs> I, I, but I think I think DC are, and it's something you said before, James, about you know, I think DC are shifting towards this idea of there are these multiple different versions, you know, and and we've seen it with the TV stuff as well, and it doesn't really necessarily matter how they fit in relation to one another because you can kind of pick and choose the bits and the versions that you well, want. And that, to me, feels like inherently more a DC thing than a Marvel thing anyway. It's a bit like the X-Men movies, right? In that the problem with the X-Men movies is that they want to have their cake and eat it. In that they they try and set them up like a series, but also they don't logically follow one from one another. Whereas in the DC ones, like, 
they, you know, they briefly reference Justice League in Aquaman, but it's not mm. like the events of Aquaman are predicated on what happens in Justice League. Yeah, they just say like, "Hey, here's Aquaman. Off you go, have an adventure." Mm. I think that's a bit more likely what what we're going to find. Whether that makes it as complicated as comics, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, I think the complexity of comics continuity is perhaps overstated a bit. <laughs> Well, I'd say, I mean, I, I think that that comics are moving more towards a model where, and, and you know, I mean, it's it's literal in the case of DC, where the reboots are happening so frequently that it's like <laughs> continuity now takes place in pockets and each pocket picks and chooses which bits. And that to me has felt like, you know, we have to bear in mind that, that like we treat the concept of continuity in comics as something that can be applied over uh, applied consistently over what is now becoming a very long period of time. And the mm -hmm. concept of continuity in comics, when people our age and slightly older were getting into comics, with, you know, you're talking about the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. That is 20, 30, 40 years ago. That is like the same amount of time again. Um, so I do think that we are having to kind of reappraise what continuity is in the sense of you know it is just it is completely unsustainable to have these comics universes that are supposed to have gone on for the yeah, time that I mean, they were supposed to have gone on for and so i think is, treating right? things in chunks and 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 you know i think runs on comics or, or runs of series of films or whatever that mm -hmm. you know that basically use previous stuff as background if they want to but if they also want to do something that contradicts something that might have happened 20 years ago, do it. What's to stop you? The thing that people get sort of worked up about is this idea that like every comic should be in line with every other comic. And that's not how DC were doing it for years, right? It wasn't until mm. Stan Lee was... When Stan Lee was basically writing and editing every Marvel book that they had this really tight continuity. And then after that, like things loosened up and you had some editors like Mark Grenwald was really into keeping things consistent. But the more the comics lines expanded, the less tenable that idea became. Mm. And these days they basically, they sort of, the only nod they do to that is like, let's not have the same characters appearing in the same books at the same time. Just yeah. so that people aren't like, Hey, why did I read three juggernaut stories this month? Yeah. That that that's the kind of thing where continuity makes sense. Or like, if in a current story you've just killed off Professor X, yeah, don't have Professor X turn <laughs> up somewhere two months later. That's yeah. where continuity makes sense. It's about your your current framework. But comics have to have passed a point now because they don't change the characters with regularity. Comics can't be treated like a soap opera. They mm -hmm. can't be something where this character has been around for 30 years unless you do what they probably should have started doing and have tried to do which is to bring in legacy characters and have the characters actually age and, and retire and die like comics have resisted that for too long and so unless you get for example dc were reportedly looking at doing this 5g thing which was going to be they were going to draw a line and they were going to date the characters and put them in time frames throughout the 20th and early 21st century and then start with from the sound of it a bunch of new younger characters i mean it probably would have been commercial suicide but that <laughs> would be say, the only way 
to keep a continuity going. And you look at Marvel, you look at the Ultimate Universe. The Ultimate Universe gets set up in the year 2000 as here is our universe that is completely unencumbered by continuity. You don't have to have followed the stories. We don't have to worry about sliding timelines because we've made everything line up with the year 2000. And then what happens? That universe runs for 10, 15 years. And then it's, yeah, but Peter Parker has only aged three years in that time. He was supposed to be like 15 in the year 2000, and now he's still only like 17. And you've got all the same long continuity problems, and you've let Jonathan Hickman destroy half of Europe, and that has to have an effect on the rest of the stories that you're telling. So where do you go from here? And so, and so that, you know, it is, I, I, I speak as someone who does have a lot of affection for certain areas of the Ultimate Universe and was quite invested in it as a big picture for quite a long time. You know, I still wouldn't say really that I was too annoyed to see it disappear because it had served its purpose and it had gone. Um, so uh, Louis says as well, you know, it's uh, it's it's a bit like continuity in The Simpsons. I was and thinking yeah, of The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, you know, The Simpsons has had this problem of, you know, in those early days, it was so firmly dated because they did the flashback stuff and they made it so of a time. You know, have you Marge and Homer that? have to have been young in the 70s and then you get what I presume you're about to... Yeah, that really <laughs> horrendous episode where they do a flashback to Homer and Marge being young in the 90s. In the 90s, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, we're almost past a point where you'd have to move on from that now because I think that episode was about 10 right. years or we're so We're going to get ago. young Homer and Marge watching 9-11. <laughs> Yeah. You know, this is like, yeah, I was a small child when The Simpsons started and now I am the same age that Homer is supposed to be in about the first. <laughs> I think they've upped his age by a couple of years now. But in peak era Simpsons, Homer's 37 and I'm yeah, 37. I was, the, I was the same age as Bart and now I look like <laughs> <Yeah>. The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think I think at least with The Simpsons, I think what The Simpsons doesn't try to do is to say every single Simpsons episode that you've watched before happened if they want to make reference to something they can mm -hmm. pull a bit of a bit of something from the past but they can also contradict it if they want to but um yep. you know that that is the sort of the perennial thing of you know it's a it's a cartoon and it's been running for 30 years so <laughs> um and, but you know marvel and dc comics are cartoons that have been running for 30 years how much does it wind you up if you're talking about the idea of comics and being into comics with somebody who's not comicsy and uh, they call them cartoons. Does does that annoy you, or are you are you not sort of? I can't wound say it's ever happened. <laughs> but I would not at all be wound up by it because they are cartoons, right? I guess they are, but yeah, but people do just conflate comic and cartoon quite easily. Well, uh, cartooning yeah. is a is a form, right? And comics yeah, employ comics employ Comic, cartoons. Comics are a form of cartoon, but yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I suppose this is a bit like, you know, being the kind of person who would say graphic novel instead of comics. And it's like, <laughs> no, all, all graphic novels are comics. And a lot yeah. of things that get called graphic novels are not graphic novels. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So is the DCEU now more like comics than the MCU? No, I think it's just it's like comics, but in di in different ways. Yeah, they're both like the comics, but in slightly uh, different ways. Yeah. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Uh, one more of our Twitter questions, and then we've got a couple of questions have come in via YouTube as well. Um, uh, Nick asks, uh, I know you don't often talk about superhero games on the podcast. It's because we don't get a chance to play them, usually. Uh, I don't have a current console. I do have a, a PC that can now play decent games, but... Uh, I don't use it to play. Super- well, actually, no, most of the superhero games don't get released on it. I can't play Spider-Man. Anyway, uh, and I wasn't that keen on the Batman Arkham games. I've got two or three of them on the PC, but I've only played one of them. So uh, <laughs> there's only like four. I think I think I've got I think I've got Asylum and City, uh, and I've played Asylum and I played a bit of City possibly at your house. I think I think I think I played City for I, like about an I hour or got so. City. With you. I think this was- I think. Oh wait, hang on. This was years ago. This was like yeah, what was years it? I've got and years the, and years ago. I'm trying to remember what the third and fourth ones were. I only bought the first two. I played, sorry, I played the first one and then bought the second one. Yeah, so maybe yeah, no, City, I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah. I think I played about an hour of City at your house. It was yeah. fine, but it just it didn't really massively scratch a Batman. Yeah, point. well, I didn't anyway. Know after that, so. <laughs> well, well, this question is partly relevant to that because we're going to ask to comment on these recent bits of games related news. So there is the PS5 Spider-Man Miles Morales teaser, uh, the new trailers for Avengers, and the rumor that Rocksteady's next DC game is going to be Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. <laughs> right. Um, so. Well, Spider-Man first. I mean, it was quite nice and exciting seeing the idea that they were doing a game around Miles um, until it turned out that they're not doing a game around Miles. No, and... well, they are. They are, sort of. It's an they're expansion, not... though, isn't it? It's not a It's, it's not a... a new game. It's not the next Spider-Man game, no, and Miles no, is the start the for an entire sequel. It's more like Spider-Man 1.5. Mm. So it, it builds on the story of Spider-Man 1, but it's going to be a shorter, smaller game starring Miles. So it's Half-Life 2, episode 1. Yeah, (laughs) it's not necessarily a bad idea, because that first Spider-Man game is massive, like absolutely fucking huge. Mm. And, you know, if this is a 10-hour game instead of a 70-, 80-hour game, I'm (laughs) I'm down with that. It's still a game. I like short games, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah, Neil says they are. It's just half the length. They're probably just reusing the assets from the first one. So as you said, yeah, 1.5 is a way of putting it. Um, My biggest thing from it when I watched the trailer was um, I... Found, I don't like the Miles character design when it doesn't look like in Spider-Verse. I think, I think Spider-Verse has ruined the comics-y version of Miles' outfit. I liked it when it first came along, um, 
But as soon as Spider-Verse just made it look so much cooler, changed the silhouette a bit, changed the logo to that like graffiti logo, I found ever since then, looking at Miles in the comics, I, f- I think Miles' costume looks really old-fashioned. So and there in is the game a, trailer, I thought it looked like that as well. There is a 100% chance that the Spider-Verse outfit is going to be an alternate <laughs> one. Because the, the number of alternate outfits in the first Spider-Man game was so yeah. high. It was like it was something like 50, 60 alternate outfits. Mm. And most of the reason I played that game was because I just loved unlocking all the outfits. <laughs> well, I may finally get to, because I'm always, basically with consoles, I'm usually a good generation behind in that I, I, I pick up a console when it's gone <laughs> cheap, cheap because the next one's come <laughs> along. Uh, and um, it's this console generation has been going on for like a lifetime. So uh, I haven't picked up a, an Xbox. Also, you know, I've had a child and that's, you know, you, your TV becomes more off limits for gaming. This is why I do all my gaming on my PC. Uh, but uh, also now that I have a second screen in my office, I could feasibly get a PS4 when they go cheap <laughs> and play Spider-Man on it finally. Uh, or just, you know, go the whole hog and get a PS5, but yeah, that's never going to happen. So. <laughs> It'll be a switch first because as I mentioned, have a child. Um, but yeah, so you know that's 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 good that they're doing that. That that's the direction. I mean, my my other reaction when the kind of news first came out was I, I am kind of at a point now where I don't see an urgent need for like new Peter Parker stories in any media. And I say that as someone who likes the MCU version and will keep watching those MCU films, but um, I do feel a little bit like have we said all we can say or need to say with peter parker and would those energies be better spent on spider-man stories that are about miles morales instead i'm just very happy to play a new spider-man game because that was <laughs> absolutely brilliant like i had such a good time with it i hundred percented it which i don't do with many games <laughs> was it better than spider-man 2 the movie game um yes because it, it did it, seem to be based on the same principles of it's the it's a GTA I mean, Spider-Man game. Pre- previously, my favourite version of Spider-Man in a game was the Ultimate Spider-Man game, which was a lot like Spider the Spider-Man Two oh. game. It just set me up. Oh yeah, universe. it just they did didn't they do like they did like a flat cell shaded look for it, but it was basically the same style. Of yeah, gameplay. yeah, yeah. I really like that game. That was mm. that was my favourite, and this feels like uh, an amped up version of those two games. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jack also says the Lego superhero games are pretty fun and they're on PC. Yes, I've got a couple of them in my Steam library that I've picked up. So I've, I've played a bit of Lego Batman. It's good fun. Again, I think that's going to be a, a, a that that'll come out with Lois. I think quite soon. I think she'll enjoy a bit of bit of Lego Batman. In fact, I think they've got it on the Wii, so um, that might come out at some point because she likes Lego. She likes Batman. Um, have Have you seen the Avengers game trailers? Uh, no. So that was yes. Yeah, so we're going to move on to that. The the next one. The the, the trailers for the Avengers game yes i watched the trailer for that the more i see of that game the less i want to spend money on it i i dislike almost every aesthetic decision they've made with that game Mm -hmm. it's it already looks dated um and it looks like they've kind of tried to do in some cases what the injustice games have done in terms of like you look at some of the footage of like a version of black widow where she's got like all of this kind of tech all over it. it's like basically souping up the costumes and kind of but i think injustice gets away with it and i actually kind of i mean i'm i'm not super keen on them as games because they're they're beat-em-ups and i, and I like them <laughs> but then i get bored of it after about 10 minutes um but i kind of I, I i've got this kind of grudging admiration for what the um 
they can't make what the what those what those um games have done in terms of they've created their own universe that's become like really popular and um like you know it's got its own comics it's got its own kind of timeline and fan base and everything and, and it's done it's that really by... really popular with people who think Zack snyder <laughs> is too light <laughs> yeah true it is very much a yes what if everyone was bad but um <laughs> i do I, I think how they've worked is that they've just gone like to hell with it let's just go as crazy as possible and let's like introduce as many different characters from across the continuity as possible and different versions of characters and and gone over the top with the costumes and stuff and avengers looks like they've kind of taken a bit of oh we're a video game so we can make them a bit different but also we're trying to look a bit like the movies but we don't have the movies voice actors and we don't have the movies license yeah. rights and so it's really awkward jason says he thinks it looks great um, what? so <laughs> Jason, yeah. tell us in the comments, like, what do you, what, what, what specifically do you think was great? Most? I like I the idea you... that they've based it around Ms. Marvel and this idea of Ms. Marvel as a fan kind of get, you know, Ms. Marvel as a point of view character is a really good idea. And if you're going to do a game where I would imagine you're going to encounter and unlock characters as you go on, that's quite a good way in. But otherwise, what I see when I look at it is just here is a game that doesn't have like, doesn't have very expensive gameplay because what the the impression i get is that you're just going to go through various levels and you are going to like have a section where you play as the hulk and so you run along smashing stuff up and then you play as captain america so you run around beating people up and then you play as black widow so you have to sneak around it's just like it it seems to me like it's going to be heavily like prescriptive in mm. how you complain it's basically going to be a little story on rails and Compared to something like Spider-Man, where you get so much agency in what you do, it doesn't look exciting to me. Mm. What um, about, as Stephen raises this valid yeah. point, Modoc is the villain. <laughs> do we really care? I mean, if they don't do anything fun or interesting with him, then... Um... I'm a little bit past, like, lol Modoc. <laughs> I did like the My Name is D. Blake name tag, but I don't think that joke originates there so it's <laughs> um there was as well they just something felt really clunky like there was sort of the the in the trailer there were sort of you know sequences of bits of dialogue and audio from the game and there was a, a voiceover saying something like um jarvis is jarvis is as unencrypted the schematics and uh we now have access to this technology and it was like unencrypted like there's a perfectly good word called decrypted <laughs> there's just little things like that i know it's a little thing to focus on but it just seemed a bit um yeah my <laughs> my friend my friend josh said that the trailer this trailer makes the avengers look square as fuck and i think it really yeah. does it makes them look so uncool yeah um just, yeah yeah, it's sort of, I, that's the thing again, it's sort of, I, I feel like it should have gone kind of more over the top. And yeah, you know, Jason remarks like the costumes don't bother him because they'll be customizable like in Spider-Man. And that's true, but I I'm do think I'm not even convinced they the, will be. <laughs> well, but I do think that they say something about an aesthetic and a feel that the game will have. And it's just, yeah, it's like if, if that's your your base look, if that's your Captain America, you know, I say, Captain, fine, but Captain America like, dressed like a riot cop. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's another thing. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like, did you see that thing on social media where they'd they'd had something about uh, they'd done an in-universe tweet about a, a memorial to the Avengers, like being uh, vandalized, and it was like 
guys like read the like, room read the room seriously yeah. um <laughs> so okay what what then about rocksteady doing a suicide squad game um like i say i disengaged with rocksteady's batman <laughs> after the second one cuz you know it was fine it was fun um i really i really loved Arkham asylum i thought that was mm. great um the follow up you know, I can't remember. I'm going to Google what they were. Or, you know, maybe someone can tell us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the comments take about three minutes to come through. So yeah, exactly. No I'm going to Google it. And by the time um, they're giving me the answers. <laughs> right. I mean, I... Sorry, go on. I'll, yeah, I'll let you so do your Googling. <laughs> Arkham, Arkham Asylum was really good. I thought it was a very, like, tightly contained story. It gave you a lot of the detective stuff. Had lots of characters in. Like, it was really good fun. Um, Arkham City was a longer and sort of bigger game had some things that I wasn't as keen on like it had a really embarrassing portrayal of Catwoman in it that was not so great um, have you ever seen actually the videos where they swap around the character models for Batman and Catwoman no <laughs> so you get Batman acting like Catwoman does like it just walking like Catwoman and stuff it yeah. just shows you how ridiculously like over the top and sexualized they made Catwoman and you're kind of yeah. like yeah okay it just it does look <laughs> ridiculous um but it was more there were like there were lots of sections in the game where the the thing you had to do was fly from one end of the map to the other and it took ages um, and then Arkham Knight had a similar thing, but there were driving sections where you're in the uh, Batmobile. And everyone hated those so much, I was like, I'm just not going to get this game because I can't <laughs> I can't imagine enjoying that. Um, so, yeah. But but notwithstanding having disengaged from Rocksteady, the idea of a, of a Suicide Squad game, and I mean notwithstanding the Suicide Squad's general sort of overuse of this, because there's one immediate thought that strikes me that probably isn't what they'll do with this game, but that I think w would be brilliant, which is you do a Suicide Squad game where that has loads and loads of characters to choose from, and you can, you can put together a Suicide Squad of a bunch of characters chosen from a wider selection, and your characters have permadeath. <laughs> and if your character gets killed on a mission, your character is dead and you cannot reuse them for the rest of that save. And you have to bring in another member of the team and you have to That'd get through the team because it's the Suicide Squad. You know, it is part yeah. of the premise of Suicide Squad is characters should die in it. And I, I think a Suicide Squad game with character permadeath, almost like basically XCOM. That's what I'm, I'm talking about, XCOM, aren't I, really? <laughs> I mean, XCOM, you can, you know, if you don't Iron Man it, you can cheat and you can bring back like a squad member. But, um, yeah, that would be, I think, uh, what I'd want to see. Otherwise, I mean, fine. It, it, you know, I, I don't see any harm in leveraging the popularity of Suicide Squad because they are probably the most popular. Yeah, so I mean, that, you know, come on, Suicide Squad is is one of DC's biggest properties at the moment. James, yeah. the film was the film was a hit. The film was the, bad, but it was a film, hit. People love Harley existed. Quinn. The comics sell, and James Gunn is doing a Suicide Squad movie. So okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I, in all honesty, unless it gets amazing reviews, I probably won't play it. But I yeah. hope if Harley Quinn's in it, I will be interested because I'm that basic. Yeah, <laughs> but hopefully not Rocksteady's version of Harley Quinn because, like Rocksteady, well, probably contributed there, right? to the to the bad aesthetic of Harley Quinn that I think they're finally Just gradually away getting from, away yeah. from. But, yeah, that's true. Um, the murderous yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so that's our view on games news and on on superhero games in general. Uh, if if anyone wants to comment and let us know what your favourite, uh, what what is your, is Spider Man your your favourite ever superhero game? Then James, mm, yeah, it's close. I think my favourite would be uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Okay, I had a very good time that. with that. Although I did buy Ultimate, uh, maybe X Men Legends too, because those type of games I really enjoyed, like the the breadth of uh fun you could have in it like the mm. number of characters the number of costumes the way you could design your team i really loved it that said i bought ultimate alliance 3 you played about three hours of it and went yeah i'm just gonna sell this because i don't enjoy it so <laughs> you know maybe maybe it was all about that time in that place yeah rather than the game itself because ultimate alliance 3 i was not not at all interested in <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it was partly yeah, it's sort of that 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 early two thousands uh, games, which is why you know Spider Man two movie game for me. I just I, I still <laughs> dig that up every so often because because I've got the GameCube version and we've got a Wii in the house, so I can actually get that out <laughs> quite easily with my GameCube controller and play it. Uh, just briefly on the subject of Suicide Squad, Jason asked if you've seen the Harley cartoon. Have you watched the Harley cartoon yet? It's been on E four. No, UK, hasn't it? because um, why would I watch TV that has adverts in it? <laughs> nope. uh, I've heard very good things from people and I've seen some clips of it on YouTube and it looks like something where it, I think I've said this before but like the, the the amount of swearing in it makes it look like it's trying to just swear for shock value and that's not actually that funny but I've also seen bits that have made me laugh and I've seen a lot of people talking about really enjoying it so when um... it goes on Netflix or Amazon I would definitely watch it but it's only on <laughs> channel 4 or all 4 and that's not enough to make me care uh, John says that people who save scum their way through XCOM deserve to be stuck in a universe of the Suicide Squad Joker. Uh, I will not comment on whether I have ever saved scum on a game of XCOM, except <laughs> to say that I finally bought XCOM 2 about two months ago, and I uninstalled it after less than a week because that was just taking the piss, how difficult that was. And I, <laughs> I've played through the first one so often. I've Carried. played through it on PC, I've played through it on Xbox, and I've played through it on mobile, and I've played Enemy Within three or four times. I love those games, and XCOM 2 made me want to hurt things, and I, I actually uninstalled it because it annoyed me that much. <laughs> so it was just not fair. It just wasn't fair. Um Okay, but yeah, so Harley Cartoon, um, I think if we get around to if one of us gets around to watching it, it might do some coverage at some point because I've heard that it's quite good. Um, also, Stargirl TV show. We've got Caroline on our next episode, and I'm going to ask Caroline about Stargirl because she's been reviewing it for AV Club, so I'm going to get a roundup from Caroline on that. Um, going back just to see if we've... Oh, we, yeah, we did have a couple of other questions, so let's whiz through a couple of these because they're quite uh, fun ones. Uh, is there... Michael asks, is there a comic book movie you'd like to see re-released in cinemas in this gap? Not that you I saw, consider going to see it. <laughs> I saw that Bloodshot is on a lot of people's... Um, like, we're reopening the cinema, come and yeah. see Bloodshot. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Which, like, I mean, if I hadn't watched it on demand like if it you know if it had come out and they hadn't got around to the home release yet and then cinemas were reopening it it would make sense for it to be a film that they released but i can't see that that's going to attract people massively because it's been on demand no. surely anyone who wants to see bloodshot has seen it um, yeah uh, what would i like to see re-released um what could tempt you to actually go to a cinema at this point where we are we are both think both definitely in the camp of you know even when they're open not going yet you know want to support to honest, the industry but they I need to having, sort it out a bit better <laughs> i was having a conversation with my friend earlier and they said something like <laughs> like 
you're going to have to choose whether to go and see Black Widow or like risk your life. Whether to skip Black <laughs> Widow or risk your life. And I was like, you know what? I don't care that much about Black Widow. Yeah, the one the one that's going to be tricky for me is Bill and Ted. I I am going to go and see Bill and Ted. I will I will be careful. I will hope that it's on our local <laughs> cinema. Yeah, we're a full body suit. Our local community cinema, where chances are there'll only be about five people in the auditorium anyway, even on a good day. Uh, I'm I'm I will be gutted if I can't go and see Bill and Ted three, taking the necessary precautions. So that that'll be the one for me. But Black Widow, I know we've got to cover it for the podcast. But yeah, I'm a bit. Could that not have that? It really would have been helpful to us if that had come out on demand during this time. <laughs> Should have just put it on Disney, or I would have, you know, I would have paid twelve quid or whatever for it. But. I'm trying to think which historical comic movie deserves more play. I think. Uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no comic movie you could put in a cinema that would make me go to the cinema. I mean, yeah, I think, right, I think, well, yeah, and, and to be fair, Mike's question is, like, that you'd like to be released in this gap, not that you consider going to see it. So let's assume yeah. that there is a gap, a dearth of new releases, cinemas are fine and safe to go to, what comic book movie would you go and pay, to, in normal circumstances, would you pay to go and see at the cinema if it was re-released? Mm, I, I, I would have of... to say Superman 78, I think, because I've never seen that on a big screen. I, you know, I would I would want to see Christopher Reeve's Superman on a big screen. I'd go for that. Mm, yeah. um, and possibly Raimi's Spider-Man, because I first watched that on a... I, I was at uni when that came out, and I couldn't afford to go to the cinema to see it. I had That's to insane, wait. Seb. I had to wait until the holidays, uh, and, I, and I got home, and I went to see it with my parents at the local cinema, and it was like, it was in a really small screen, because it had been out for ages. I had seen it by then. I had watched it on a terrible cam copy that a friend at uni had given me, and I still, to this day, regret that my first viewing of the Spider-Man movie that I had spent so long building up to, reading and writing about on the internet, um, <laughs> I watched Pirated, because... I was that skin at the end of my first year of university that I couldn't go to the cinema to see it. I, I either I, that or I just didn't the, want to wait. I can't remember which. That was the first <laughs> film I saw twice at the cinema. I think. Hmm. We, yeah, what would I like to see? I would like to see. I think Spider Man Two, Raimi Spider Man Two re released, so hmm. that a new generation of people can experience the objectively best live action Spider Man movie. <laughs> um. Jelly Scare also says Superman, but also says Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. <laughs> Stephen says Snowpiercer, yes. If there was a Snowpiercer theatrical release, 100% I would go to that, yes. Uh, I, I would go to a Parasite re-release, and I've bought Parasite on Blu-ray, and I would still want to see that again on the big screen. Totally <laughs> Snowpiercer, yes. Uh, yeah, I would possibly go Birds of Prey a second time, actually, because it, it got so overlooked, and it kind of... I mean, it made it out before the lockdown, but I think... It was denied its kind of afterlife, I think. So, I tell you what, Tank Girl um, is the one for me. Tank Girl Tank is what will get me okay. back in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that one I didn't see in the cinema and I would love to. <laughs> With a sympathetic audience, that would be a great time, I think. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, I think that kind of a nice cult thing where you know that people are going to... It's like if we, you know, <laughs> we said before, you know, if we got to do a movie night, it would be something like... I mean, I think Howard would be pushing it, but I'd love to do a, a Cinematic Universe movie night where we showed the uh, Thomas Jane Punisher, because that, to me, is everything <laughs> that our podcast is about, and that's still one of the most fun episodes that I think we've ever done. So, um, 
Um, we're going to do one more question because I do need to look at wrapping up because uh, it's, it's extremely warm and I want to see what's happening in the football. So uh, Neil asks, do you have any dream casting for the MCU X-Men? Because I do have one answer to this and I'm sure it's one that I've banged on about before. But do you yeah. have any others? Uh, it's um, uh, I've forgotten his name. Why have I forgotten his name? Uh, Taron Egerton as Wolverine. I was about to say, do you mean Taron Egerton as Wolverine? Because that's yeah, the only I, one anyone ever mentions. I know it's the only one anyone ever mentions because it's really, really obvious and it makes all kinds of sense and i would be happy to see it so yeah um, any others Ar- arnold schwarzenegger as cable because <laughs> he's old enough now he's the right age to be cable. He's the right age to be <laughs> yeah do you know um, what that's not that well, surely it should be josh brolin though still but that's you know yeah. maybe <laughs> uh, ryan reynolds is deadpool <laughs> i'm i'm really bad with like fan yeah casting. you don't I, you, I just, you, you don't like fan casting do you because yeah. you don't think about actors if we'd got this question beforehand we could have we could have asked other people and and got some uh got some responses to this yeah who, i'm just know, i'm really bad cyclops who, i mean yeah, to be honest having, be having just re-watched the sonic movie uh, let's get james marston back as cyclops <laughs> I've, got, I've got no ill will towards james marston after re-watching that sonic movie which holds up really well it was it was really fun on a second viewing and my wife enjoyed it and my daughter uh, got bored and kept asking when Tails was going to turn up. But then for about the last 20 minutes, she she really got into it as well. So, And she liked it when Sonic mm. called Dr. Robotnik Eggman. So <laughs> um, it's good. Chip it's a good film. Book. I like it. I'm looking forward to the sequel. I, that's all I can say. Um, the squeakquel. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh, this will only make sense if you follow the artist Rachel Starts on Twitter <laughs> or Twitch, yeah. but Rowan Atkinson, that's Emma Frost. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just kind of killing time waiting to see if any other responses come through to that question, because I think it's a good question that I don't have an immediate answer. It is a very good question, uh, but I, I am not... James, well name, some name, it, name some X-Men. Name some X-Men. Name some X-Men. Rogue. Rogue. Who could be Rogue? Yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. That one's for Joe, but she's already in the MCU, so that's no good. Who, who thing, could I mean, play? I'm, only going, to, I'm only, going to, only going to think of people who've been in MCU films. They're the only actors I know. Who could play Emma Frost? That's a good question. Who could play Emma Frost? Uh, yeah. Not January Jones. No. Um, no. I don't know. Tough, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here blankly and like try and figure it out and just have yeah, really bad the thing, responses. The thing for me is I think I think cast unknowns. Like, mm. not, not unknowns, but don't don't cast anyone we would think of. I mean, actually, yeah. I, I mean, if as Hugh much... Jackman proves anything, it's <laughs> find the right person first. Yeah. Also, do you not think, and this, I think this probably is quite a crucial point, because we haven't had it before. I mean, we had it with some of the characters, but not all of them. Let's have the MCU X-Men be teenagers. Let's, let's have them as a group of young characters discovering their powers as a yeah. team, because also that's something the MCU hasn't done. So the MCU has done young characters, but not as a team. So like let's have, the, the if, if not the original five, because they're very, very white, but let's have <laughs> an original five that are literally Professor Xavier's, well, it's first class, isn't it? But let's yeah. let's have that, basically. I would say, so, okay, so that's a good question. Is Okay, so we, who, who are your X-Men to <laughs> come into the MCU team? first? That's the unsafer ground there. I would say a good way to start would be to do the original five plus storm and maybe wolverine in there somehow hmm. maybe maybe as a villain hmm. but i think it so, would be so, good... so you're talking about ultimate x-men basically that's pretty much yeah, exactly basically. what you've just pitched is mark yeah. miller's first arc of ultimate X. <laughs> <laughs> mark miller has lots of good ideas like stash in a drawer that he has taken yeah. from other people 
<laughs> um, <laughs> he has them in a big folder marked G. Morrison. I was going to know, literally, there was something, I can't even remember what it was. The other day, I was reading through something, and something struck me. As, oh, I know what it was. It was The Invisibles. I was reading the first issue of The Invisibles, and mm -hmm. I was like, if you take out the Grant Morrison-ness of this, and, like, the John Lennon stuff and all the weird, trippy stuff, it's Kingsman. It's literally Kingsman. <laughs> Kingsman, or, you know, the Secret Service, as it was in the comic, it's just stolen from The Invisibles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see it now you said that. Yeah, the, the, the delinquent who then he gets arrested and then he gets spirited away to this secret organization who are training him to it's like mm -hmm. it's it's yeah, it's the same. Anyway, yeah, Mark Miller there. We love Mark Miller. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, yeah, so you're excellent. So you so you've got original five plus Storm and Wolverine. Yeah, and I would do them as teenagers because like mm. you say, the the sort of central metaphor of the X Men, or at least when it came out, was like, Hey, your body goes weird when you're a teenager and isn't it freaky? Hmm. Um and they've never really expanded that. Mm. I, I don't I mean, agree with thing, that because yeah, no. I think they didn't do that in the 60s. They didn't give you the origins for all the characters. They were all there. They gave you Jean's origin. And actually, I tell you, a fantastic uh, comic and a really underrated one, uh, the X-Men season one, when Marvel did those season one original graphic novels that were, they were like a new version of Ultimate in that they were these kind of continuity free. Some of them do read a bit like movie pitches, but they were sort of fresh introductions and mm -hmm. modernizings of the concept. And X-Men season one was basically like Jean Grey's first year after joining the X-Men. It's written by Dennis Hopeless, yeah. drawn by Jamie McKelvey. It it's really great. Good. It's really, really good. And that, that as a template is, yeah, have one character join. I mean, again, it's kind of similar to what the first movie did but you know have the rest of them they've been there for a little while and it's somebody's first term at the school that's, well, that's the yeah. thing right it's yeah. it's not the x-men as a team don't really have an origin what they have is mm. their powers manifest and professor x collects them and then they fight magneto after being trained yeah. like it's it's not a hard origin story because you can do that in lots of different ways like you can focus mm. on different characters you can focus on different aspects of their powers awakening and their training or, you know, the school. It's not like Spider-Man where you get a very rigid template about, hey, this is a, power, this is a story mm. about responsibility and here's your guy and this is what happens to him. Who's your right, MCU Magneto? <laughs> who's my MCU Magneto? Good question. Because one just popped into my head. I'll tell you who Go my MCU it. Magneto is. I Michael well, Shannon. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I was, a, I was literally about to say, if I was doing an MCU Magneto, I would make him... A bit younger and a bit more buff than the mm. Ian McKellen version. Mm. Well, uh, uh, your man, Fassbender. I'm forgetting names tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like I would, I would make him a bit more formidable in that sense. Mm. Yeah, someone yeah. they can actually fight rather than someone who's got to hide behind so, minions. Yeah, minions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Can we keep talking about X-Men? I do like talking about X-Men. You do like talking about X-Men. Have you, you got some more X-Men Patreon pods coming up? I have. I'm, my contract at the museum finishes tomorrow, so I will oh. be back on it. There you go. Um, and yeah, Nick says, back to the early question about uh, cinema re-releases, Scott Pilgrim was supposed to get 10th anniversary screenings, but... Yeah. Uh, did not. Uh, I tell you what, I don't know if you, I haven't read all of it yet, but that oral history article that just went up for the 10th anniversary, and the thing that got picked out that Edgar Wright tweeted about 
was that Chris Evans taught everybody on set how to high five, which is that if you look at the person's elbow instead of their hand, you will always make contact. And me and Joe tried it. I told Joe this this evening and we immediately tried it and had the most satisfying high fives I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so next time that you're actually you know, obviously someone who you can actually make contact with, you know, socially distanced and all of that. But next time you're in a position to give someone a high five, look at their elbow and by gum it works. So thank you, Captain America, for teaching the world how to high five. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, well, we're just we're we're heading towards an hour. Uh, it'll be slightly shorter than an hour on the podcast version because if this audio is usable, I will be chopping off at the beginning. But also, this this microphone might might not provide podcastable audio. Um, thank you to everyone who watched and stuck with us for the duration of this. Uh, I hope you enjoy the you keep enjoying these live chats. We seem to have a quite nice little loyal cluster of uh, regular people who it's always really nice <laughs> Bring to, your friend to have a chat with. Uh, I should see if there's a way to let James actually see the comments before I put them up on screen. Because so, I get to see this whole stream, uh, but then James okay. can only see whatever I, I actually see. put on screen. Oh, yeah, because you could go on YouTube. Yeah, can't you? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, oh, so you do, only, do you get the comments on your dashboard on streaming? I can see I can see the chat, and I can select live comments, and I can see everything. Oh, okay, well, there you go. So James can see them. He just chooses Timothy Chalamet is Nightcrawler. Yeah, there Good you call. go. <laughs> see, so sometimes I press a button to make these come up on screen thinking, ah, this will be the first time James has seen this, and it turns out that you've seen it ages Well, before, so. I don't. I don't look at the chat. You're getting a lot we of things behind the curtain afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you, Terence, for your comments saying uh, he loves these and keep up the good work. Uh, we'll probably do another one quite soon, probably hopefully in less hot weather. Um, and I'm going to go and find out if it's still Chelsea one, Man City nil, and if Liverpool are about to become Premier League champions for the first time in 30 years. So um, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, and we'll see Great. you soon. So see, yeah, we'll do our next episode, and I can I can reveal our next episode that we are doing with Joe and Caroline is going to be Josie and the Pussycats. So. Uh, I need to watch that over the weekend, and we're going to record it early next week. And uh, as I say, hopefully get it out in in about a week and a half to two weeks' time. So, uh, thanks as ever for listening, um, and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 